for all of us in the room, for everybody watching online, you picked a good week to be here because we are starting a brand new five-part series called Doing Life Better. And here's the reason that we're doing this series, because I think we all want to do this. I think every single one of us want to do life a little better, where we're a little happier, a little more peace on the inside, you know, a little less pain, less regret, more fulfilled, that sort of thing. We we want our lives to go better. I don't think there's any one of us to be like, ah, oh, you know what, I'd rather my life sucked for a little bit. You know, that's that's not us, that's not what we want to do. And so the great thing is, is that God gives us some great advice about how to do this, about how to live our lives better. And so this is this is a series that's not about salvation and being right with God. In this series, we're not going to talk about, um, you know, being a part of what God's doing and his mission. Those are all important things that we talk about all the time. This is simply a series about our lives and how to live them a little better. And these topics that we're going to look at over the next five weeks, I just want to give you a, a little bit of a heads up. These are not promises from God. If we follow these things, God's instructions for our lives, they're not going to insulate us completely from the world and pain and hardship. These, these aren't promises, but rather these are godly principles, biblical principles that are going to give us the best shot, the best chance, the best foundation to do our lives better. And so every single week, we're going to look at a different principle from the Bible. And, and here's the great thing about this series is every single one of us can apply these to our lives. Whether you consider yourself a spiritual person or not, young, old, anything in between, whether you go to church a lot or you don't, these are principles that every single one of us can take and apply to our lives and begin to do life a little better. Now, when I was younger, I still have to do this a little bit, but when I was younger especially, there was a life lesson that I had to learn several times over and over again. And the earliest time I can remember having to learn this was when I was about eight years old and there was a movie that came out called Blank Check. Anybody remember Blank Check? Yeah, so mostly people my age. If you don't know what Blank Check is, let me explain it. It's, it's a movie where a kid finds a blank check, writes it out for a million dollars, goes to cash it. There's lots of plot holes, okay? But goes to cash this check and then goes on this incredible spending spree, buying everything, you know, a little kid could want. And, and I watched that movie and was like, whoa, that sounds like the greatest thing ever. And so as a little eight-year-old with no understanding of how finances or bank accounts work, I thought, I want to do that. And so I went to my parents' checkbook and stole a check and wrote it out for a million dollars to myself and stuck it in my pocket until I was going to be able to get to the bank to cash it. The only problem was my mom found that check before I was able to get there. And so I vividly remember her calling me aside and sitting me down and showing me the check and being like, hey, who wrote this out? And I lied right to her face. You know, I said, I don't know. I mean, it's an eight-year-old handwriting, right? Like, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I lied right to her face. And man, did I get in big trouble for that one. I had to learn this same lesson again several years later when my neighbor friend and I decided to light a fire on someone else's property. And um, my mom was watching it. And so I went back in afterwards, smelling like smoke. She asked me what I was doing. I lied to her face, said, I don't know nothing and got in big trouble again. Uh, I had to learn this lesson again when I was 16 years old and got my driver's license. And I told my parents I was going to go to the high school to hang out with my friends 
And actually, I was sneaking out with my girlfriend that I was supposed to be broken up with at the time. Lied right to their face. My mom drove by the vehicle and saw us both in there and like, oh boy, that was that was a bad sort of thing. And, and you know what? I, I just remember over and over and over again, my mom, especially trying to hammer in this principle of being honest. I don't know why it took me so long to learn. I don't know why I had to get grounded so many times. I don't know why there's still even times in my life today that I think this doesn't apply to me, but like being honest is a great life principle that every single one of us should follow. And this wasn't just like my mom teaching me, like we all want to teach this to our kids, right? It's, it's not like no, none of us sit down with our little five-year-olds and be like, okay, little Johnny, let me teach you how to lie today. You know, let me teach you how to deceive me. We don't, we don't do that. We come out pre-wired for dishonesty. We come out with just the ability to lie. We need to be taught how to do this right here. And, and, and God even says the same thing. There are so many places in the Bible where we see this instruction for our lives. Just one of them is found in Ephesians. And Paul says, stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. It's so simple. It's so straightforward. There's no gray area in here. This is just a great life principle for us. If we want to do life better, we should stop telling lies. You know, dishonesty in the long run never, ever, ever pays off. If we want a better relationship with our spouse, we should be more honest with them. If we want a better relationship with our employer, we should be more honest with them. If you want to get in less trouble with the police, just be more honest with them up front, okay? You might still get in a little bit of trouble, but it's just always the better choice to be honest. The more we are honest, the more we can learn to follow this principle, the better our lives are going to go. And that is where most church messages and TED Talks would end when it comes to being honest. Just stop doing it. Just tell the truth more. Just, you know what? Don't try and hide anything. Just be honest with others about what you've done. But here's the thing about this honesty piece. If we really want to do life better, we got to go a little deeper than that. Being honest with other people about what we've done is scratching the surface of what this honesty thing can really mean for our lives. And so often we don't take it any deeper. We just, we just look at it from the surface, say, oh yeah, that's a good idea and let's move on. But, but what does being honest really mean? How else should we be honest if we really want to do life better? I think this means we need to be honest with ourselves. That's something that we hardly ever talk about or think about. I had a friend about 10 years ago that was always getting in trouble, all sorts of legal trouble. And um, he, he spent some time in jail several times. He lost his job several times. Um, he had to drop out of college because of these issues. There were, there were probably a handful of times I had to go drive to his house and pick him up and take him somewhere because he'd lost his license. And every time these issues would come up in his life, it was always someone else's fault, you know? It was always the cop's fault. It was always the judge's fault. It was always his boss's fault. But here's, here's what I could see. Being on the outside and what everybody else around him could see as well is it wasn't someone else's fault. 
It was his own fault. He was ruining his life by drinking in excess. He was an alcoholic. And I'm telling you, his inability to do this was hurting him just as much as the alcohol was. Now, thankfully, about five years ago, he he decided to actually work his way all the way through a 12-step recovery program, and he's been doing fantastic ever since. I mean, he's, he's really got his, his head squared on straight, but he was not doing life all that well for so long because he hadn't learned how to be honest with himself about his own struggles, about how he was making his life worse. And here's, here's the unfortunate reality that we all have to come to terms with today. We're not much different. Every single one of us are going to struggle with doing this. Now, maybe we have different situations and different outcomes and, and, and different circumstances around it, but every single one of us will be tempted not to do this right here. And here's a reality that, that maybe if you don't walk away with anything else except this, this would be good enough. You have been a part of every bad decision you've ever made. Let that sink in. I'll say it again. You have been a part of every single bad decision you've ever made. Every phone call, every text message, that email you wish you could get back, that drink you wish you didn't take, that place you didn't want to visit, that website that nobody knows about. You have been intricately involved in every bad decision. Now, it's not all you, right? But you were a part of it. And guess what? I'm no different. I have been there making a conscious choice in every bad decision I have ever made. And I think what happens so easily is we start looking around at other people and we want to play the blame game and, and maybe others were involved. I'm not saying it's all our fault. Maybe there are some extra circumstances out there, but we need to learn to be honest enough with ourselves to say, I had a part in that. I made that decision. And it's so easy to look to the left or right. In fact, maybe even right now, or maybe you're watching online, you are fighting the urge to like not nudge the person sitting next to you. You know, you need to hear this, you know, or you can't wait till this goes on YouTube so that you can share it with whoever that person is. But maybe that's true. Maybe they need to hear it too. But I'm talking to us today. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. We need to learn to be honest with ourselves. How well do we want to do life will be in direct proportion to how honest we can be with ourselves. John, Jesus' best friend, says it this way. He says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. That doesn't sound like doing life better, fooling ourselves, running around, you know, with, with something covering our eyes. This right here is really the basis of any 12-step program out there. I mean, so many of the principles fall into this, but, you know, step one, admitting that we have a problem to begin with. Many people suffer in life because we're not willing to even admit that there might be an issue inside. Step four about making a fearless moral inventory. Okay, this is really who I am with no masks, no defenses. This is really what's going on inside. And if you've ever worked your way through a 12-step program, I, I mean, hats off to you. That is incredibly difficult work to go through. But it is essential if we want to live our lives better. In, in Romans, Paul writes this. He says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. That was like Paul kind of laying out the boss card. Like, hey, this is not just my idea. This is, this is from God. Okay, this is important. 
don't think you are better than you really are. That's tough, isn't it? Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Now, when he's writing these words in the context of Romans chapter 12, the application of these sentences is for a faith issue, but the underlying principle of this is good for all of life to be honest in our evaluation of ourselves. This is who I really am. This is really what my motives are. This is really some of the insecurities I have that drive me to behave. We, we got to be honest with this. And this was not Paul, you know, pointing his finger at us. He even wrote a couple chapters earlier about his own sin and his own shortcomings and why, in his words, why do I keep doing the things I hate to do? This is absolutely essential for us to do. And so my question for us today is this. When was the last time that you did this? My follow-up question, when was the last time you really did this? If we want, if we want our relationships to go better, this is going to be a huge part of it. If you're, if you're here today and you're married or watched online, or even if you just have a significant other, I don't know what your situation is, but if you're experiencing some relational problems with, with somebody that you, you live with and love, when is the last time you asked yourself, what part of this is mine to take? Again, I'm not saying all of it. Maybe the other person really is screwed up. I have no idea, right? But are we going to be brave enough to at least ask ourselves, is there something in me that is an issue? That's a tough question. Maybe we need to ask some other people for some, some outside help, but are we even, many of us never even stopped to ask this to begin with. Why is there so much drama? Why is there so much fighting? What part is mine to carry in this relationship? If you've got maybe friends in your life or even coworkers that constantly use and abuse and, and take advantage of you and then leave you high and dry, Okay, I know there's a lot of issues out there, but, but what is it in us? That's a tough question to ask, but what is it in us that is consistently choosing bad friends? What insecurities do we have that is leading us to, towards people that, that take advantage of us? Financially speaking, okay, if, if your finances aren't good and you're stressed and you don't have enough money left at the end of the month, Maybe there's some other things. Maybe your hours got cut. Maybe it was an unexpected hospital bill or something. Okay, that's, let's put all that to the side. What part of your finances are you responsible for? Are we going to ask ourselves that question? Have we been saving like we should have been saving? That's tough when there's a lot of bright lights and fun things to buy and experiences to have. But are we going to take a look inside? What what hole is there in us that we're trying to fill with another purchase or something new or another experience? What is it inside? We I mean, just go down the list of all these different questions with our health. Why is our health the way it is? With our career, why are we at in our career where we're at? With our emotions, why do I get so angry so often and blow up? What is it in me that has to respond that way? Those are such uncomfortable questions to ask. I hate asking myself those questions. But what's the alternative, you know? The, the definition of insanity 
is doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. And I think sometimes we live pretty insane lives because we're not willing to do this. It's like, it's like we try and trick ourselves. You know, when you put like a filter over a photo and Instagram to make it look better, we try and filter our own minds because it's easier to lie than it is to try. It's easier to lie to ourselves than it is to try and get to the truth of the matter. And every single one of us will be tempted to not do this. The easiest person to fool is the one in the mirror that looks back at us every morning. But that doesn't help. If we don't do this, we are only, not only, we are hurting ourselves. Most likely it's hurting a lot of other people as well. But we are hurting ourselves and we don't win in the long run. And even beyond that, I'm telling you, there is a freedom that we will never experience if we can't learn to be honest with ourselves. Now, I want to give you an example of this, and it's it's a little bit risky to talk about if you don't hear everything I'm going to say, okay? So I'm not promoting this lifestyle or this behavior. I'm not condoning this, but just think for a moment. If you know somebody or have heard a story from somebody that has secretly struggled with homosexuality for years, everybody, when they finally come out from under that hidden secret, Their stories are all the same. I finally feel free. I finally don't have to hide that. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Now, again, homosexuality is a sin. It's wrong. It's always has been wrong, always will be, just like murder and greed and gossip. But the stories are the same. The weight is lifted. We experience freedom when we get out from under secrets, even to ourselves. What, what, if, what if you and I, what if we're preventing ourselves from being the best version of ourselves we can be by not being honest? What, what if we're diminishing our own capacity to do life better by not being honest? This honesty thing is such a great principle for every single one of us when it comes to others, but also when it comes to just with ourselves. Because when, when we lie to others, there's a tension in that relationship. We can experience that same tension ourselves. The more honest we are with ourselves, the more we will be able to do life better. It's just that simple. But for those of us that are Christians, there's even an added step to this honesty piece, and that is to be honest with God. If you and I, if we, if we go to the doctor... We have to be honest about our symptoms and where it really hurts and what we're really eating if we want to be treated properly. If we, if we go to see a counselor or a psychologist, we have to be honest with our past and what's happened to us and our emotions and some of our triggers if we want to be treated, if we want to get the right help. And it should be the same way with God. But for many of us, it isn't, is it? We, we, we struggle with being honest with God. I, I can't really tell God about my lust. I can't really tell God about my anger or my pride. I, I mean, how am I supposed to tell God that I'm planning to sin this next weekend? How can I be honest with God that, you know what, I'm not sorry for the way I treated them. I know it wasn't what you wanted, but I'm not sorry. They, oh, they had it. I can't really tell God that. 
I can't tell God that I'm having an affair. How am I going to tell God that I trust my money more than I trust him? What? I think, again, for those of us that are Christians, here's the funny thing about this. We all, I'm guessing, would agree. God knows it anyway. You know? I mean, it's not like we can really hide it from him. Every single one will say, God, I know you know this, but maybe if I don't verbalize it, you'll forget it or something. You know, like, that makes no sense. Why do we do that? But yet we all, this is equally as hard of a thing to do. It shouldn't be, but it is. And when we're not honest with God, we put up an unnecessary barrier in our relationship with him. Now, not a barrier that affects salvation. Okay, that was all on Jesus, totally paid for. But a barrier between our ability to grow closer to him. A barrier that doesn't need to be there. What God wants most is to have a relationship with us. And we drive a wedge in between that when we're not honest with him. When we, when we walk around and we, don't, we, we aren't honest with God, what, what happens is we end up carrying guilt and shame and self-condemnation and maybe that even goes into self-harm and all sorts of other things. In the Psalms, we read about King David carrying this kind of heavy weight that can begin to eat at us from the inside out. He says this, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline, this internal conviction was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And you don't have to be honest with anybody else, but be honest with yourself. Have you felt like this before? Because of some secret you've been trying to keep from God that he already knows about anyway? God, I, I know I shouldn't have said, but I did. And ugh. God, I know I shouldn't have done, but if I don't tell you about it, maybe you won't know. God, I know I shouldn't have taken, but rather than just get it, I'm just going to carry this guilt and this weight. And my strength is going to evaporate. Have you been there before? David, known as a man after God's own heart, he knew what it was like to carry that weight. But here's the great thing. He also knew what it was like to release that weight, to be honest with God. He says this, finally, I confess my sins to you. Finally, I just got it out there and stop trying to hide my guilt. Stop trying to be dishonest with you. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Here's the great news for him and great news for you and me. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to see which choice led David to a better life. Trying to hide something led to guilt. Trying to, you know, or, or being honest led to freedom. Which one of those do we want to experience more of? One of my favorite teachings from Jesus is a parable that he told, a made-up story. And in it, he talks about two people praying. He says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. Okay, made-up fictional guys, but to, to represent as bad as you could possibly be and as good as you could possibly be. On the social spectrum, on the religious spectrum, on people's perception, the Pharisee was as good as good as possible, and the tax collector was hated and despised. And Jesus goes on to say, listen, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God. Okay, I don't know if that's what he, that's how I read it, okay? 
I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, just cheaters and sinners and adulterers, and I'm certainly not like that loser tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income, and look, God, at how good I am, and yeah, there's stuff I've done, but I'm not asking myself to notice it, and so I'm certainly not going to be honest with you. Oh, I'm so awesome, God. Aren't you glad to be in my presence? Then the, the tax collector, tax collector stood at a distance, dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, God, you know it all. Be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I, I, I'm, I'm incapable. I am so flawed. I got so many issues. God, I just want you to know that I know that you know, and I'm saying that I know that you know, and like, this is just, this is all I got. Father, be merciful. And then Jesus drops the bomb. I tell you that this sinner, this person who everybody in the crowd would have hated, not the Pharisee, not the one we all look up to, returned home justified before God. You and I, we, we read this or we hear it today, and it just goes over our head. This would have been maybe one of the most offensive things Jesus ever said. To, to insinuate that a tax collector could be right with God instead of a Pharisee was a slap in the face to first century Jews. But Jesus is driving home a point that God is not offended or off-put by our honesty. In fact, he welcomes it. It's our honesty with God that even allows him to begin to work in us. It's our honesty with God that says, I know I am a sinner in need of a savior to open the door to give us access. And it's our honesty with God, not just that one time, but every day after to say, I am still a sinner and I am still in need of a savior and I am still not everything that you want me to be. God, have mercy on me. The more honest we are with God, the more we invite him into the corners of our hearts. The more honest we are with God, the more he has the freedom to begin to transform and mold us and shape us. The more honest we are with God, the less barriers there are to him actually beginning to work on us on the inside. Because here's, here's the reality we all know. We can't fix our own hearts. We can pretend. We can lie to ourselves and think we're pretty good. But it is only God who can transform and change us on the inside. But he's not going to force his way in. He's not going to go against our will. It's our honesty that says, Father, I'm opening the door. You work. As we get ready to kind of wrap stuff up, I just want to read from Psalm 139 because not only should we be honest with ourselves and not only should we be honest with God, but we should also be honest with what God sees as well. And in this, at the beginning of Psalm 139, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. He goes on through the rest of this, kind of the next few verses, just write down, okay, there's, there's nothing I can hide. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts. You know, when I travel, you know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say. I can't get away from you. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you're there. If I try and hide from you, you're there. There's no where I can possibly get away from you. There is no thing about our lives that God doesn't see and know. We can fool others and we can even fool ourselves, 
but God sees it all. He has examined our hearts and knows everything about us. For some of us, if we start to think about that too much, we, we start to retreat. And if God really knew my thoughts, if God really knew what I think about, if God really knew what I've done, where I said, we, we almost start to pull away from God because we're afraid of what he might say. But this is where we need to be honest with ourselves because what is God's conclusion to knowing everything? It's this. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. When God looked at David, what he saw was his child made and formed in his own image. He writes, and you formed me in my mother's womb. You know everything. You've been with me all along. When God saw David, what he saw was somebody that he would do anything to have a relationship with. You know what God sees when he looks at you? He looks at me, the same thing. His thoughts towards us are precious and innumerable. What he sees when he looks at you and I is a child made in his own image that he would do anything to have a relationship with. He doesn't approve of our sin. He wants to work in our lives to help us overcome those things, but his thoughts about us do not change. And he proved that once and for all time when the nails went into the cross. And here's the thing that we should be more honest about. If God, creator of all, can see and know everything there is about you and everything there is about me, and if he can still love and accept us, why would we want to keep him at arm's distance with our dishonesty? If God doesn't turn his face when he looks at us, if he doesn't have to play mind games, if he sees the good, the bad, and the ugly in all of us and still says, my thoughts about you are precious. I love you. I want to be with you no matter what. Why in the world? What would we gain from saying, I want to keep you this far away with my discipline? Nobody wins in that. And maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you're not a Christian for whatever reason. Maybe this is an invitation for you to finally start trusting God. That you have a loving heavenly father who knows everything about you and still with every ounce of his being desires to be with you. Well, I mean, for any of us, let's just do this. I know it's easier to say than it is to do, but let's, let's start today. Let's start being more honest with ourselves. Now, don't beat yourself up, okay? Don't condemn yourself. If God doesn't condemn us, neither should we. But let's be honest. Here's my thoughts. Here's my motives. Here's what I'm struggling with. Let's start here. And then also, let's invite God into the equation as well. Let's allow him to work in us to help us do this more. Would you pray with me? Father, those words from Psalm 139 are almost, they are too great to understand. I mean, there are so many things even in myself that I see and I'm like, and God, you see those things too and you don't, you don't like them. 
God, you still lean over and want to draw every one of us close to you. Father, I just ask just, you know, just one thing today. Help us desire a relationship with you more. Help us take down the walls of dishonesty with ourselves and with you so that you can work in us more. Wherever we're at, Father, with our fears, with insecurities, with with maybe we've been honest with people before and it ended up hurting, Father, we just lay all that at your feet and say, God, we want to do this thing that you've instructed us to do, to be more honest. So would you help us do that with you and do that with ourselves? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.